Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. I am very pleased to have my guest with me today, and that is Natasha. We are going to be talking about leading wild human. Natasha, how are you? I'm doing well. So thrilled to be here today with you, Jackie. Well, I am so happy to have you. I'm really looking forward to to jumping into this topic around leading while human, as well as it being the name of your business. So as we get started, my first question for you, Natasha, is, again, we are we have been in this national pandemic for going on nine months now, and uh, our lives have changed quite a bit. So what has been a fun new skill that you have learned this year in the midst of the pandemic? The fun new skill, um, I would never think before that it's a fun skill anyways, but I have learned to slow down. And Jackie, that has been incredibly fun for me because for my 20 years in the corporate world, I never even imagined or fathomed what slowing down might look like. And I was absolutely amazed with how taking a pause and really slowing down the pace of general operation is opening up possibilities for different ideas, for different connections, for different quality of conversation. And I was inspired by, um, you know, by this possibility. And there is a ton of research that shows that slowing down and creating white space in your life is extremely productive. And Juliet Funt is one who's done a ton of research on that. So I've been really living into that and I'm finding it to be extremely enjoyable and productive. Well, a couple of things that you said that really resonated with me. The first one is definitely the the slowing down. And I'll have to mention something about Juliet Funt because actually I have reached out to her. I'm familiar with her work. But in regards to slowing down, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, It's really caused people to slow down, reflect, spend more time, obviously, in the house doing things that maybe you wouldn't normally do. So I I think that's been one of the positive outcomes of what has been obviously a very, very difficult time in, in our world. So thank you for sharing that. So again, our title is is Leading While Human. Oh yeah, and you're going to say about Juliet Funt. So I was actually listening to another podcast and she was the, the guest and I was so inspired by her words around white space, making sure that you have time in your day to think and innovate and, and, and be strategic that I actually reached out to her and potentially she's going to be working with our organization. So um, oh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm very you. familiar with her work. Actually, I'm, I'm working through um, a program that she has on virtual presentation skills right now. Fantastic. I'm so excited to hear that. Yes. Yeah. We have so many connections we're finding, Natasha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So Natasha, as as I mentioned, um, our title is Leading Wild Human, and that is actually the title of your your company. But walk us through your career journey. Sure. 
I've been in the United States for 20 years and I came here right after I had completed my master's degree in Russia, where I was born and raised. So coming to a new country gave, you know, a start to a, a different level of thinking about what it is that I wanted to do. And while I had always known that I would be an educator, in fact, I was dreaming of being a professor, being in the new country and in the new environment completely uh, really reset the clock on me. So I uh, went into uh, pharmaceutical industry and I was in sales for quite a while and then sales management. But you know, what you're meant to do will always find you. So even as I was in the sales role, I was really connecting with this part that was education related. It was learning, it was educating, it was training other people. You know, I became a sales trainer and then I was leading a team. All the while, I was really inspired by watching people grow, watching people really lean into their potential and do amazing things, you know, um, just because they were connected to their purpose and because they, they were really developing and growing. So I was mesmerized by that. And I went back to school. Columbia University is an alma mater that gave uh, really... Uh, that gave me the foundation to formalize my passion for growth and learning and leadership development. And um, organizational psychology gave a lot of the theoretical foundation to what practices I intuitively was seeking out in leadership. And after uh, completing that degree in organizational psychology and change management, I moved into leadership development full time. And that has been a dream job and a dream field of work for me ever since. Oh, that's great. And, and so now you have taken the leap and you have started your own company. Tell us what inspired you and propelled you to take action, because that's not easy to, you know, to leave a, a full-time secure job and then take the leap into having your own business. So what inspired you and propelled you to do so? Oh, Jackie, you're so right. It's not easy. It was extremely hard, especially because my last corporate job with, was with an organization that I absolutely loved and was so aligned to the values and the culture. I had a great run there. I had uh, a dream job for a couple of years uh, that uh, really allowed me to do what I love. And I always was curious about being autonomous and being entrepreneurial. And I think I've always been interested, but I was afraid. I was afraid for many years to take the leap because like you said, it's a little bit scary and and you get used to the corporate context. And as I'm learning this year, it, it's, it's a huge learning curve between being part of a large organization and then building your own organization from scratch. So I think I had to be ready. I think I had to mature, you know, psychologically, professionally, personally, to the place where I could muster up the courage to take the leap and leave behind what was a wonderful career path in the corporate world. So I think it's, it's the readiness that took a little bit of time. And then, of course, the, the timing. Timing is everything. I could never leave in the middle of the project or, you know, ha not having completed what I took on. So uh, the timing also was right for me at the end of last year as I was closing out the work that I really loved and it was in a sustainable place so that I could move on closing the chapter properly and beginning the new one 
you know, from, from the clean slate. So, so build on that a little bit, Natasha, how did you know it was the right time? Like what signs did you, did you see, or how did you know it was the right time? Jackie, it was feeling different thinking about the choices. I was um, actually, as many of us in the corporate world know, change is constant. So we were um, in, in the department that I was part of, we were faced with a restructuring that brought about different opportunities. So I would be going through a change within the organization and taking on a different set of responsibilities. And that really got me thinking because um, I was at the crossroads of um, whether I go and uh, flex in another direction or do I stay with the work that I really like? And in that case, I, I was needing other options. So that when I started thinking seriously about creating other options for me to stay with the work that I love and do it in the way that I love doing it, that I believe in making impact with it. So I, when I approached this question, it just felt right. Because even though the idea emerged several times over the years, it just never quite felt like the time was right. And this time around, it did. So I don't know if it germinated enough, because it took several cycles of thinking. And uh, suddenly, it was possible in that I decided to give it a try because I would be starting fresh in my new role with the organization anyways. And I decided, let me make a bigger new start, you know, and take a chance, just a little bit more of a stretch from starting a new project to maybe starting a new format for my work. So tell us more. So so what do you do now? Now tell the audience about what you do and what you enjoy the most about it. Thank you, Jackie. Well, leadership development is what I love doing. And that is so all-encompassing in that any work that is supporting leaders in their development, and of course, at this time especially, leaders are put to test every day. Our courage, our tenacity, our resilience, our ability to rise back from setbacks and failures is just absolutely put to the test. So I decided this is the time when I can be of support to leaders who are navigating this new normal and leading large teams behind them um, to finding ways to operate, to finding ways to be functional, to taking care of the people and taking care of the results. So my work is really focused on the broad spectrum of leadership development services. And my favorite piece is doing custom work with organizations and teams. I love it when they want to achieve a certain outcome. Let's say a team wants to really build up their courage or their resilience. And we build a program together, which will help them develop that. All of my programs are very practical, hands-on, um, with actionable strategies to implement insight directly into action. Insight to action is my motto because, you know, there is knowledge everywhere. Leaders are so knowledgeable about leadership and there are so many different schools of thought and so many resources. So the work that I do is really about translating knowing how to lead into being able to practically and behaviorally implement that leadership in a real um, everyday life. So that's my favorite one, the custom work, the leadership development programs that are developed for a particular team, uh, for particular outcomes. 
The second one is Dare to Lead work, which I absolutely love. It's based on Brene Brown's work and Brene Brown's research that is so near and dear to my heart. I find so much depth in it and so much resonance with leading while human, truly. Um, it's uh, about connecting to our true self. It's about building up the courage through different skill sets that Brene has identified in her research over the years. Um, and uh, it's helping people navigate their circumstances braver, more in a more grounded way with greater confidence. So I love that work. And that uh, program is directly from Brene Brown's organization. I'm a certified facilitator. So I love, love, love doing that work and offering it to teams and organizations. And uh, the third piece of work that I do is um, well, it's actually not the third piece, but perhaps the third pillar that is so, so important is the diversity and inclusion work. And, you know, I've been working with gender in the workplace for a really long time. And that issue is personal and professional and systemic. And of course, um, I'm very, very grateful that these days diversity and inclusion is starting to be embraced by organizations in a very different way. And we're finally having conversations about race. We're finally having conversations that are more meaningful around all facets of identity and diversity. And we're and we're still not knowledgeable about how to have those conversations in organizations, but we're trying. And I'm finding a lot of organizations who are wanting to, to do it whether they know or not, who are willing to figure it out, who are willing to do the right thing. So I am thrilled to be working with organizations who are in the DEI space, and they are looking for a facilitative approach to having these conversations on topics that previously have not been present in the organizations to the same extent. Yeah, you are so right, you know, definitely on the last piece that it's been really um, great to see CEOs stepping up and, and leaders within organizations that are really taking a stand. And then we're going to have these discussions. We know they're uncomfortable, but we're going to have them and we're going to make some progress. So it's definitely been really, really positive. I'm looking forward to really seeing some results of those, those conversations that are, are bubbling up within organizations. And Certainly, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and her work on, on Dare to Lead. So I know that's phenomenal work that you're doing a, a, around Dare to Lead, a huge fan. So how did you, you come up with the name of your company, Leading While Human? Jackie, I think that was the result of the white spaces that I created finally for myself, because I really, really wanted to get it right, to really... Um, aligned to the purpose that I'm serving and to be very clear about it in the name and in the messaging around it. Uh, leading while human to me is really about bringing one's full self to the organizations and being oneself fully and authentically. Uh, we all know that corporate world and any organizations really, any organization has a set of rules and to an extent if we work there, we conform to those rules. What I find really difficult is that those rules are modeled for the majority and for the ideal worker who right now doesn't even exist. The ideal worker was this unfortunate mythical concept, you know, that was um, in the workplace and oriented towards a white male, um, heterosexual, able-bodied, uh, without child responsibility, 
Christian. So it was this model citizen of sorts that perhaps is representative of the majority, but is really not um, inclusive of, of the people in the workplace. And so I thought this is a really good time for us to re-examine how we function in organizations and how do we make more space for the humanity and for the diversity and the variety of people who are there. And how do we make it more comfortable so that the rules and regulations aren't stifling people out of their creativity, out of their full potential, but are enabling the entire spectrum of human abilities and human talents and human identities to be fully present and engaged in the workplace. Yeah, it is so important for people to show up and, and be authentic and, 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 and really be who they are in the workplace because they're going to bring greater results to the organization and, and greater value. I agree with you 100%. You know, you mentioned that that some of the work that you do is around Dare to Lead. And I know that Brene Brown talks a lot about um, wholehearted leadership. Yes. So in your thoughts, in your opinion, Natasha, what are the the top three skills needed for leaders to lead from the heart, especially right now during times of a lot of change and uncertainty? What a great question that is. And I think there are so many facets of skills that are required to really navigate today. Um, and at the foundation is, is most definitely vulnerability. Um, Brene Brown's research has uh, given us so many insights on this evasive skill that is so often misinterpreted and misunderstood and definitely underutilized in the workspace. Our capacity to be vulnerable is what opens up possibilities for us as leaders, and it is the most accurate measure of courage. So sometimes people don't um, connect vulnerability to courage and brave leadership, but it's really at the very foundation of courage, because if we are capable of tolerating the extreme vulnerability of this changing environment that puts us to the test so often, where Emotional exposure, risk, and uncertainty are so high. And that is really the definition of vulnerability. How well are we prepared to meet risk, uncertainty, and um, emotional exposure? So that is absolutely a necessary skill that leaders have to develop and have to grow over the years um, that, that is really crucial right now and moving forward. The second skill I would say is empathy. And empathy has to do with our ability to connect to other people's emotions. And it's um, such a it's such a critical skill set right now because people are going through so much at the moment and emotions are rampant. And some of the workplaces are less equipped than others to understand emotions, to make room for emotions, and, and traditionally, the workspace has been, uh, well, funnily, emotion-free, which is, of course, a misnomer because no place is emotion-free which has people in it. But uh, there has been this olden paradigm of leave your emotions out of the workplace, don't bring your emotions into the business discussion. And of course, that is not a possible, uh, you know, that is not a possible resolution. So empathy is so important. Leaders who are capable of recognizing emotion, managing emotion, connecting to the emotion of the people who work with them are uh, best equipped to support others and to support themselves as well uh, through this difficult time. Because with so many changes, the one constant 
is who we are and how we live, you know? So it's, it's particularly important that people uh, have access to leaders who have empathy and are able to practice it. And the third skill, Jackie, is uh, resilience, personal resilience, because we are getting burnt out. Leaders are getting tired. There is so much happening in the world that is absolutely translating into burnout for so many people that expresses itself in different ways. But we have to be resilient and we have to keep moving forward. And that is extremely challenging these days. So to me, right now, the root of that resilience is in self-compassion and self-care. And those words may feel a little bit soft to a lot of business people. But truly, self-compassion and self-care are no longer optional metaphysical, you know, musings. Those are skill sets that we must develop. We must learn to take a pause. We must learn to uh, stop and think. We must learn to take care of ourselves physically, to take care of our health, physical and mental, and to really be more skilled in self-compassion. I will recommend a wonderful resource from Dr. Kristen Neff, who is a researcher of self-compassion and selfcompassion.org is where you can get a lot of resources, including a self-assessment that is truly eye-opening with regard to how equipped are we to take care of, our, of ourselves in meaningful ways that really strengthen us, that really support us through the time of change and uncertainty. You know, Natasha, you said so many amazing things there. I hope that our listeners are, are taking notes because you just said so many awesome things there. You know, vulnerability, empathy, and resilience. You know, for a lot of people, vulnerability doesn't really sit well with them. Um, they don't want to be vulnerable. So can you share just maybe one example of what that might look like, what good might look like around vulnerability in the workplace or even in a personal in someone's personal life? Absolutely. You know, it's safe to say that any act of courage that we take in our personal or professional life has vulnerability at its foundation. Whether we are personally, uh, you know, making a bold move and maybe asking a person out that we've been wanting to ask out for a long time, you know, that is courage and that is certainly vulnerability because it involves emotional exposure, risk, and uncertainty of the outcome, right? And in professional life, of course, there are so many examples of how vulnerability plays out. Our fear of um, poor outcomes, our fear of non-performance, our fear of uncertainty, all triggers resistance to vulnerability, all triggers um, armoring up as opposed to leaning into vulnerability and the unknown, right? Um, there are not too many leaders yet who are very comfortable saying we might fail or we may, may not have made the right decision or looking at what's not working honestly and constructively as opposed to trying to turn away from it, pretend like everything is fine, you know, not noticing. Um, I've heard recently some leaders um, talking about how people's personal life is um, is not really connected to the work life. And they, as a leader, shouldn't have to worry about what's happening with people outside of work. And that, to me, is, is also a way to um, shy away from vulnerability. Because we, if we have the tolerance for embracing all the variables that come from people's lives, all the feelings that come with that, then, then we can embrace 
the whole person, you know, and not leave the personal life outside of the work, especially now that personal, professional, day and night, every week are so interconnected. And we might be, you know, taking care of our children and homeschooling one minute, and then we are on a conference call the next minute, or it's all the same minute, you know, we're doing all Very of it. Very true. So child on lap, dog on the floor. Right? <laughs> That's what it is. And so vulnerability to me looks like taking it all in and being okay with how things are. And not desperately pushing for the old normal. Um, it, yes, it's scary to not be where we used to be. But it's also very unhealthy to pretend like we still are or we're going back there. Vulnerability is in recognizing we are in the middle of uncertainty. There's definitely risk because we don't know what's going to happen and uh, what we're going to have to change. And um, and And that's... That's why people are having so much trouble, I think, with moving into the new normal, because it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. And, and, you know, what I, you know, where I see vulnerable showing up in the workplace is having the courage to share an idea on a conference call. Um, It could be sharing, being innovative and sharing an innovative idea that you don't know if your boss is going to like it or asking for a raise or we're close to the end of the year, people actually asking for um, a different performance plan rating. So so all of those things, I I would say, probably fall under the category of vulnerability. Would you agree? You are so right, Jackie. Those are precisely in all times, you know, my mind went directly to the pandemic mode that we're in, but you're so right. Vulnerability doesn't only show up at the time of crisis. Vulnerability at work is all those things that you mentioned. Any time that we uh, step into the uncertainty, any time that we step out of our known comfort zone, including asking for a raise, asking for a promotion, asking for a stretch assignment, asking for more resources, right? Uh, all of those things, asking for a recommendation for mentorship, for sponsorship, you name it. Any kind of ask really comes with a good share of vulnerability. Good. Awesome. So, you know, we've been talking about leading from the heart. What are some ways... Uh, that get, what are some things that get in the way of leaders leading from the heart? And what are some of the consequences of that? Oh, what a wonderful question. Um, leading from the heart is, is connected to so many things in us. And one thing I would say is being clear on your values is so important. Being clear on the values that underlie your decisions, that underlie your purpose that underlie how you spend your time, how you invest your energy. So being clear on what really matters is so important. If we ask people about their values, often they will come up with a handful of the common values. And sometimes we come up with them because we feel like, well, those are the normal human values, right? Family, health, and apple pie. And and um, uh, I'm only partly joking because, of course, all of those values matter. And there are many more that matter as well. But until we really understand what are the top two for us that really matter no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what the circumstances are, we really um, are precise about them. And then we're able to stand in those values no matter the circumstances or environment and be more of ourself because we know what matters to us and we are prepared to speak up for it. Um, Secondly, replenishing yourself and resting is so important because leading from the heart is, it can be exhausting. 
It can be exhausting to take risk after risk after risk and show up wholeheartedly to environments and cultures that sometimes aren't accepting of the whole heart and sometimes do require and reward armor in the workplace. So it can be very, very um, labor intense to be a wholehearted leader. So taking care of yourself, giving yourself rest and nourishment, um, spiritually, physically, emotionally, um, intellectually, are all very important. And one quote I remember that I really love is sometimes we're tired not because we do too much but because we do too little of the things that spark joy in us Mm. and I really believe that so really being clear about what sparks joy what is your purpose what is that which you're supposed to bring to the world because when we lean into that we become stronger we become more capable of showing up wholeheartedly and more driven And finally, being courageous and taking chances is so important. Just say yes to things that normally you would say no to. Just stop and think for a moment and jump in into something different because that truly can help us show up more fully or in a different way or allow ourselves to see us more accurately and more clearly. So taking chances, being courageous and... um, saying yes. Well, those are some things that get in the way, especially the values. I know how important it is to be real clear on your values because they really will guide your decision-making, the things you say no to, and the things that you say yes to. I absolutely agree with that. So we're going to shift gears for a moment here, um, Natasha, and I am going to ask you a few fun questions. And I just want you to share what the first thing is that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> great. <laughs> okay, great. So what was your favorite toy growing up? Uh, a plush tiger. I grew up in Russia. Toys were very scarce in my time. So this plush tiger was so it was just a dream come true. I don't know how long I was waiting for it. And it was uh, just my friend. Okay, awesome. <laughs> tiger. At the time of total deficit of everything, including toys, it was just such a luxury <laughs> to have a plush stuffed animal that was lifelike with his green eyes and <laughs> his stripes. <laughs> you still have it today? <laughs> My mom has it, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, next one. If a drink was named after you, what would it be called? Ooh, something very fruity, very fruity. Ginger sunrise. Oh, I like that. Ginger <laughs> sunrise. <laughs> or maybe sunset. I am really more of a night owl, so <laughs> sunset would be more appropriate. Um, last one. What food can you not bring yourself to eat? Um... Meat. Meat. Oh, okay. Yeah, meat. <laughs> okay. Like, like the really, the really wonderful uh, high-end types of steaks is something that I cannot, that I cannot consume. Okay. They're alive for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my husband's favorite. So. <laughs> yes, of course. And, and a human and so many other people. In fact, I remember uh, on the trip to Brazil and Argentina, which of course are the, um, a dream place for uh, steaks. You know, the best steaks were found there. I, I gave up on steaks there because I tried them and I said, okay, I think this is a waste of steaks on me because I clearly <laughs> am missing the ability to appreciate them. Okay, that's awesome. Well, I have a few more questions for you, um, Natasha. 
So what are a few practical tips and actions that the listeners can take to lead from the heart? I think people can, um, I think people can really deliberately create spaces for them to get clarity, whether it's journaling, or if it is a coaching conversation, or it's a conversation with a mentor, but really have a platform where they can brainstorm, they can think, they can get to the bottom of um, their own ideas and peel the onion a little bit more because so often we get into the routines and we're just going on the autopilot. So creating those moments of peace and quiet to hear your own thoughts is, is so, so important. That's great. And then what about what advice can you share with others to help them take the leap and pursue their purpose? You you definitely did that. You took the leap. You pursued your purpose. What advice can you give to others to do the same? I think it's it's important to remember that this is a process. Whatever transitions you're planning in life or at work, it's, it's a process. So uh, be patient. Give yourself time and space to really think through what it is that you want to do and how you want to go about it. Um, we want to be aligned with the vision. We want to have clarity in the vision before we begin making practical steps. That's I feel very strongly about that. Um, before I even began entertaining the possibility of, of me ever being on my own, I was very clear about the work that I wanted to do, the, the uh, impact that I wanted to make in the world. And in fact, I was living into it long before I left corporate world. I think um, it was very helpful for me to align myself with the work that was so close to my heart that I really am continuing to do the same work and build the same capabilities that I um, had done before in the corporate world. So for people wanting to pursue their purpose, either in addition to their day job or perhaps make the transition into their own business, um, building it up gradually uh, in their skill sets, in their practices is, is hugely helpful. So it's less of a rude awakening and less of a learning curve when you actually step into it. Uh, planning for it is really important financially, financially, because you never want to uh, make decisions out of desperation if you're trying to live into your purpose, right? And, and feeding our families is so important. So financial security is so, so key to being able to live into your purpose, whether it's uh, uh, being really more savings oriented, uh, right? And uh, streamlining your expenses for the, for the launch time, or it is having a cushion of savings, but you do want to have financial security that's sufficient for you to give a full effort to the work without um, having to really be absolutely distraught over whether it's making money or not making money, right? Because that earning potential becomes a competing priority. Um, Planning for it emotionally is very important as well, because coming out of a corporate career of many years into the white space, literally, is, is very challenging. And there is an identity, well, not crisis, but I guess a transformation of identity that happens. You know, one day I am part of a Fortune 100 organization that is amazing in every way and recognized across the world. And the next day I'm just me. I'm just me. So there is quite a job to do there emotionally and personally um, in terms of knowing that you are enough, that you are enough and you can stand on your own and you can bring value. For me, that was a very important piece of work to do. 
and also planning for it socially, Jackie. Uh, what I particularly enjoy about being an autonomous um, business, you know, is that I am investing a lot more time in relationships now. And it's not the the kind of networking that people do sometimes hoping to get some business. It's really more about building deep connections with people and recognizing value beyond transaction. I don't connect with people trying to get their business all of the time because I think that would be very transactional. I am building so many connections with people with whom I have shared passions, with whom I just really enjoy talking, with whom when I connect, my heart feels so full and I feel so inspired that ideas be begin coming to my mind and it's something that I can act on. So it's really appreciating that social connection and building it up and nourishing it for the kinds of people who truly inspire you. And I am finding this to be a hugely valuable part of um, doing this work and building the network of people who I admire. And, there, and there's so many ways to, to align to your purpose in your life. It, it could be taking the leap. It could be a certain career um, aspiration within your company. It could be outside work that you do working for a nonprofit or, yes. you know, it, there's so many different ways to align to your purpose. And, and I really want to congratulate you for really taking the leap the way that you did and, and the amazing work that you're doing. Just a couple of more questions and then we'll close out. Uh, what is your favorite quote and how has it helped you during challenging times? My favorite quote of all is Maya Angelou's, people will forget what you said and what you did, but they will not forget how you made them feel. I come back to this quote over and over again. I mean, Maya Angelou's, all of her writing really is from the soul. It just speaks to me. And this particular quote, I think, is in its simplicity, it's such a profound reminder of what's important because it's so easy for us to get completely overwhelmed with the doing because we do everything all of the time and our schedules are busy and our deliverables are urgent and we just run, run, run in this hamster wheel of life and work and and then we stop and, you know, 10 years went by and then another 10 years went by. And it's just so there's so much pressure and urgency all of the time. And in those circumstances, it's very easy to forget about how we make people feel or how we feel. And so it's this phenomenal reminder of coming back to the center, of coming back to the center and staying in your integrity under pressure and caring for people, including yourself. Right. To me, if we care for ourselves, if we care for people around us, then we're going to do our very best work. And we don't have to put extra pressure on ourselves or others to accomplish those results or to meet the company, you know, objectives or business imperatives. It really all begins with people. So I often go to this wisdom of how am I making people feel? That's awesome. And that's that's a, a wonderful quote. I love that quote as well. Natasha, it's been amazing having you on, on my podcast. I really have enjoyed speaking with you. You have shared a number of great words of wisdom and you can definitely tell that you lead from the heart. So Natasha, Tasha, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, thank you, Jackie. It's been a joy to be with you. I absolutely am a fan of your podcast and I'm looking forward to more talks coming from you. And I would love to hear from people who wish to 
lead while human fully uh, they can find me at my website www.leadingwhilehuman.org and my email is natasha.v at leadingwhilehuman.org I'd be so happy to connect with people who are bringing humanity to the workplace as well well thank you so much Natasha again thank you for your time enjoyed our conversation thank you so much Jackie